burnout arises from the difference between what you are expected to think you should be able to do and what you actually can. So we call that the do-it-all discrepancy. Welcome back to an all-new season of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, Heidi. Hey, Jamie. So we are so thankful to have Dr. Daria back for her fourth time on our show. As a refresher, she's a board-certified Harvard and Yale-trained emergency physician and clinical assistant professor at the University of Tennessee. She's a regular guest on national news networks, mom of two, author of national best-selling Mom Hacks, and TEDx speaker of the widely popular and N2 Crazy Busy. Dr. Daria is also the founder of Truth, an evidence-based platform for women's and children's health, parenting, and stress. Truth combines a scientist's mindset of seeking evidence with an unbiased approach to look at all the sources, from Western to Eastern medicine, holistic health, nutrition, psychology, and elsewhere. They believe that every woman deserves access to the best health information and the confidence that comes with that. We're beyond excited to have this top doc back today to talk about her latest and greatest, the burnout study in women, the first large-scale study of women's demands, resources, and burnout in a post-COVID world, which was recently published in Frontiers in Psychology. Listen to today's show if you are experiencing regular overwhelm, who's not, right? You're burnt out, but have no idea how to remedy it, or if you want to learn how to close the gap between expectations and resources. What does that mean? Keep listening. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Daria. We are so excited to have you on as our first and only fourth time guest. Woo-hoo! I feel like I should get a statue or at least a sticker. Um, we should, we've got to we've got to come up with something to send you. One hundred percent, like a special a special shirt or a special ring light because we were just talking about ring lights before we started Ooh, recording, right? Yeah. I don't know, an Instagram ring light. We should do it. I would have it. I would use it or a pop okay. socket, like a new pop socket for my friend that says OTG. You're giving us good ideas. We're gonna have the off the Grammys. Yeah, well, <laughs> our favorite guests. <laughs> um, that's amazing, Jamie. Okay, I digress. Okay. What a topic today, because obviously we're bringing Dr. Daria back for a fourth time because she has more amazing things to tell us. And today is something we can all relate to, I think. It's burnout. So I'm going to be honest, this is Heidi speaking, and today is the one-year anniversary of my being attacked in broad daylight by five men on the street of New York City. So this year has been a doozy for me between transitioning all of my work online, trying to sell our New York City apartment, buying a new house in Connecticut, doing a complete redo during a worker and supply shortage. Seriously, I don't understand how shortages are still a thing. Um, having zero help with my kids here in our new home. They are never at school, I feel like. Trying to juggle three businesses while I try to do all the work to deal and heal with my PTSD. Basically, I idle and overwhelmed right now. So... When Dr. Daria mentioned her latest study to us, which we will get to talking about, I wanted all the results because it was about burnout. So let's back up for a sec. So Dr. Daria, can you please tell us, and we're going to get to all the other things, but because I'm so focused on burnout right now, I just want to start the first question with what prompted you to do a study on women's burnout specifically, because I just can't even imagine. Uh. Heidi, Heidi, I want to like virtually give you a hug like through the screen right now. Um, you are, you are wearing so many hats. Jamie, you wear a bazillion hats. 
it's kind of a universal story for women right now. And it came about because I was trying to figure out why do we all feel like we're losing our belief right now? Because we all talk to most women and it just feels like there's just this angst just right below the surface. And I looked at a lot of stuff that I saw and it was just like, there's a lot of conversation, but not real answers. And I thought, you know, I created truth to give women answers. Women need answers. We, we don't want just somebody giving us an ad lib about it. So how can we get some answers? Hence the burnout studying women, how it came about. It literally came about because I thought there's not good information. How can we get some information here? Well, you just mentioned Truve. And so Truve, can you explain to everybody? I know what it is, but I bet some people don't. So first of all, weren't you busy enough? Like you didn't need one more thing. <laughs> You're like a famous doctor and a TEDx speaker and just like a thought leader. So Truve, how did Truve come about and what is it? Truve was kind of doing everything congealed together to all those different tasks to become what is true. So Truve is based on, it is a platform for women's health and children's health aimed to dispel all the misinformation and answer the questions that you want to know that you usually think maybe is not answered well by modern medicine. Can't get maybe from your doctor. And it seems like there's this gap. There's either your doctors and modern medicine over here on the right and the holistic health on the left and never the twain shall meet. You just sometimes you just want to have answers. So started from the fact that I think every woman deserves access to true evidence-based information and the peace of mind that comes with it. So true, the word is based on your source of truth. For can you spell it so people can find yes. it? T-R-U-E-V-E, truve.com. So it's based on your the source of truth and the French word trouve, which means to find. So I kind of combined them. So T-R-U-E-V-E. And the goal was to answer all those questions. I had so many female friends who are so smart, so successful, and said, I just need this information answered about nutrition or sleep or stress in the microbiome or is stress making me gain weight or why do I have fat at my belly? And I see these people online who are influencers. They don't seem to be answering it. I can't get the answer from my doctor. I don't know where to go. And BTW, I don't have time. Heidi, you don't have time to go spend hours researching some health questions. And I thought, after hearing that enough, after y'all know I was on, I do CNN and news all the time. And I thought, you know what? Let's make that answers worthy. Let's make that place of answers for them where they can go, get those questions answered in a way that's easy, honest, super actionable, hopefully fun too, and be on their way, get back to life. So it's really funny that you just said, Heidi, you don't have time because when you were like, hey, Heidi, go take the burnout quiz. I have to be honest, just the thought of taking a quiz and then reading the answers, like the suggestions stressed me out so much. And I was like, nope, Dr. Daria said to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take some deep breaths and I'm going to take the time and I'm going to do it. (laughs) And I know I'm not alone feeling that like overwhelm of like, Mm -hmm. it's one more thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know you got an incredible amount of data with this study. So that's why women take the test, right? So a quiz, sorry, so that they can get all of your amazing data with answers. Mm-hmm. So what were some of your findings and how bad is it? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we made the quiz. The quiz is nine questions. I made it super short and we actually did coding in the background because I said, if I want, I don't want to just tell people they're burned out. All the other burnout quizzes out there are like, hey, you're burnt out. Womp, womp. Have a great day. And I, I want to figure out why. I don't actually want to ask them how bad their burnout is. 
I want to get to their burnout risk factors so that we can then give them information on here's your top three risk factors. Here's what to do about it. So that's how I hope our burnout quiz is a little bit different so that it doesn't just make you feel stressed out. It's actually like, okay, here's some things to do to help right now. So, and that's just troop.com backslash quiz. That's it. And somebody find the quiz and get your burnout risk. And then we email it to you, email the link. And then you actually, we have to code it in the background so you just get three. Because like we have burned out women. If somebody gives me fives for everything, I, she does not need 10 recommendations. And so we had to actually code that in the background to make that work. But a couple of things, and we're going to actually publish a number of different papers on this because there's so much. But one of the things we realized is we are burned out, not because of one thing. Usually most places say, this is your driving your burnout or this one thing, or this is a cause of burnout. We realized it's not, it's the gap. Burnout arises from the difference between what you are expected or think you should be able to do and what you actually can. So we call that the do it all discrepancy, which means that every woman's variables will be different. Jamie's graphs of her expectations and her resources will be different. Heidi's yours will be different. And it's the problem is if you really high expectations, but you got a lot of resources, most of the time you're, you're pretty fine. It's when your expectations are high and your resources, your support, whatever resources you have are low, you have a big gap. It's that gap. And no one's talking about that. It's an entirely new way to think about burnout. Let's look at our gap and address that. That's so interesting. And Heidi and I were just talking about this yesterday because both of us, we were like so excited to interview you today. And we always split up our scripts. Who writes this? We're a show with three women. We split up the tasks. And Heidi was like, I'm doing this and this and this. And I was like, and I'm in New York and I'm shooting. Then I have a shoot tomorrow morning. And we were like, oh my God, this is exactly why we need to do this show. Like, look at the two of us. Now, what I will say is what I found interesting is this. And, you know, it, it's almost like I almost have survivor's guilt and I feel bad admitting this. And I feel like women across America might hate me when I say this, but like that's a risk, a risk I'm willing to take. Because no, no, my reality is like I'm in a pretty good place because my expectations of myself are very high. I have a lot, a lot, a lot of responsibilities because I've taken them on. I've chosen to like run a gazillion businesses and do all that stuff. But I also, and this is where I feel like people might hate me, but th- this is my reality. And I'm being very honest and why the, the quiz results were interesting to me. Well, I do feel stressed, okay, mm-hmm. and busy. I don't feel completely burnt out, and the quiz reflected that. It said you're at a moderate risk, and the reason is because I have a pretty good structure of support. Mm-hmm. I have a husband who's helpful. I have childcare providers, and I know that I'm very lucky in having that, and a lot of women don't. So are there other ways? Like, Let's talk about what, what people can do to fill the gap because mm-hmm. even if it's figuring out a different way of asking parents or family members to fill in the gap, but being able to use your voice and saying, hey, I'm going to literally lose it if I don't get some help. So mm-hmm. even if it's not throwing money against it, maybe it's finding other ways to bring the resources up to meet the demands. Does yes. that track? Oh, you're so right. And so, Jamie, you're that example of, and nobody should hate you for, for being authentic, I think it's far worse when you see women and they're like, oh, I can do it all. And this is perfect. And I cooked my children pancakes that I made from organic wheat that I grew in my backyard. And then I bathed them. And then I went and I ran my Fortune 500 company. I had a secret private yoga session for three hours. I did some Ayurveda. Then I went and I ran my IPO, went home and put my kids in bath and then like, you know, had a lovely Wait, conversation. you're describing with my, my life. What yeah. you right. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, you, nobody does it all without help. 
And one of the things we found, so, so Jamie, you're an, I think that is authentic to say, I can do it, but I have my resource stack is very high. That's why your gap might be narrow. And that's great. There's stress and stress is not bad. Burnout is when the stress and this gap is so big, it starts to be disruptive and gets in your way. So th- th- I think there's a big differentiator there. But I want to get to your solution. I want to say one statistic you mentioned. So of course, you can fix that gap by lowering the expectations. And we'll talk about that too, or increasing your resources. To your point, Jamie, over 60% of women in the study said they compare themselves to some woman who they think does it all. How many of us do that? And I bet with both of you, people look at you and are like, oh, how does she do it all? And if somebody said that, you'd probably be like, oh, we're not doing it all, or I have help, or all these things. We have to talk about that authentically because we're all comparing ourselves against some superhuman, 100% superhero avatar that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So I, that's a very good point. Yeah. And I always try to be authentic. And I also thank the people who help me. Like I'm super <laughs> duper vocal on social media. Like I really appreciate my husband. He's an awesome dude. We are a good team. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Yes. I don't know it's not the norm, but that's rad. And I hope everybody has yes. that. And if they don't, maybe there's a different solve. Yes. But I definitely do admit that. And I admit, and I also have women who come on and they're like, oh, I feel so bad for you that you don't spend any time with your kids. That's not true either. People love to find a reason to hate. But the reality is I do choose that like work fills my cup. And so I do put a lot of my energy into that and get a little bit of help on the childcare side. And then I try to find balance. But I think that's why I maybe like do like I I fare a little better in my stress level than most. So I guess the question is, how can people fill that? Yeah. Yeah, How do do they fill that gap? I have so many. I have to write down two points, though. I don't go into all of them right now because you're making so many good points. So I feel like I can I just jump in. I'm sorry. I just want to jump in and say I feel like what Jamie's saying and what you're about to say, I feel like people's biggest but, but, but is I don't have the finances and I don't have a community surrounding me and I don't. So, okay. So with that caveat, please. (laughs) Right. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I was trying to get at. Maybe I wasn't doing it so delicately, but I was saying, I understand I'm lucky to have a great resource and to be able to like, you know, have sitters and help. And I know not everybody. And so like, what do people do? And I kind of like the first part of what you said, Dr. Daria, because you said, you might not be able to get all the resources. So then you have to lower the expectations. Yes. So what might that look like? Okay. So let's do, let, let's talk on the expectation side. And then we're going to come back to the resources because uh, there are actually, no, let's flip let's, let's, that. Let's, let's, let's go back to the resources first. There are a number of ways you can do that. So one of the things we found is that no surprise, women who are more satisfied with the division of labor in their household have less burnout. So looking at that, so it's okay. Because how what's happened for many women, like we now carry work and corporate responsibilities, but we still have all those home responsibilities. So one of the big things was how do you have that conversation with your partner? How do you offload some of those roles? So there are ways you can do it. And one is to just start that conversation with your partner, with your children. And even in the quiz, we give a little bit of a shortcuts for how to do it, like how to have that conversation. So to keep this really practical, because I know you guys like to have really practical things. Say is a task, you're handling all the things. Have a conversation with your partner and first, you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to say, I'm so grateful when you did X. Find something. Find something your partner did and said, I'm, I'm so grateful you took out the trash. You sorted your socks. I don't care. Find one thing. And then with a little bit of a commonality, like I know we both feel stressed lately. And then number three is you say, here's the one thing I need help with. Don't give them a litany. Do not say, I just need help. Say, I need you to do this one thing. 
and you don't put any criticism right in there. Cause remember you're telling them how fabulous they were that they folded one set of socks. So, then so let me, let me ask, are, yeah. are you saying like you need them to do lunch for the kids one day? Cause that's not like going to help over time, right? No. Like it might help that day, but it's not like, so what are you saying? So like one thing is I usually say, give them a project and in, in its entirety, because the next step to this is avoid you becoming the task manager. So one of the things in my household, one of the things I told my husband, I was like, you're in charge of our son's baseball and lacrosse. You handle it all. I will not ask. It is not my job. Because sometimes you ask somebody to like, do, the, do lunches and then they come to like, hey, what's your plan for lunch next week? And I'll get like, no, no, no. It is your project. So you give them full ownership of the task, whatever it is. If it's lunches, they are responsible for making sure the food's there, for planning it, for packing it, all of it. So give this off because if you do not give an entirety of a task, your brain is going to stay in surveillance mode when what you need is actually to take it off of your plate entirely. Which means no micromanaging. No micromanaging. You are not a task manager. Well, also, yes, it is hard. And you mean sometimes you may have to let them fail once, which is hard. But is that kind of the do it all discrepancy? Is that what that kind of means? The do it all discrepancy comes to. I'll, I'll just explain that. So do it all is the difference between, so what we found is 82% of women felt that they should be able to do it all. 7% felt that they actually could do the things they wanted to do. Huge gap there. And so when we look at the expectations, all the things we expect to do, there's the very real responsibilities. There is work. Work has become more complex in our generation. It's become 24-7 connectivity and that endless hustle. There is childcare, which anybody can tell you has become a whole lot more complex over the last two years. And there's our own health, which itself is confusing. That's where true and the misinformation trying to solve for that comes in. Those are our real responsibilities. On top of that, we have this do-it-all ideal that is, you know, your child needs to also be in soccer that's travel soccer by age three. Don't just be cooking your food, kids food. You know, your, your mama's casserole that they bet is not enough unless it's made out of organic wheat that you grew yourself. And by the way, do all these things while you have perfect ombre highlights and everything. <laughs> it's to perfect. And it's, it's breaking us. It is breaking us this endless do it all. So yes, there's very real increase in our responsibilities, but then there's also a lot of artificial do it all BS on it. And it's both of those. And then of course, at the same time, all our resources have shrunk our sometimes our our villages, the roles we had, the ability that as families, we used to take care of other people's children too. We don't do all that. And our financial resources, our health resources have all shrunk. That's where that discrepancy comes in. The discrepancy is the gap. So that, that, which sounds very stressful. Um, It sounds stressful, but let's break it down. (laughs) So one on the resources side, one is have this conversation with your partner, give them one project entirely, an entire, what if they just don't do it? So you can have that. There's way about their discussion. But then I would, I would ask them why. Well, what is it? Why is it? Is it something that they don't have the capability for? Can you give them a different project? Do they actually not want to? And this is their passive aggressive way of doing, of, of just not doing it. I, I would ask why. What is behind it? And to say this is your responsibility to share. Blame it on us at the, at the, at the burnout study. Tell them like this is. I just, I feel like I hear a lot of women say, 
that like they'll give something to their partner and then they'll ask them like 50 million questions about it and need 50 million clarifications. So it's actually like more, they make it yeah. more work yeah. than it would have been to just do it yourself to begin with. That's, right. That's what I, is why I think it's important to give them the right task, like ask them something that they actually can do and that they're more knowledgeable. Maybe that's, you know, go ahead. Yeah, no. That's great. No, I hear you. Uh, we had Heidi. Heidi's, Heidi's like not in it. Heidi's so, on the struggle bus. She's trying to. I, know. I see your wheels turning. I want to hear what's going on in the mind of Heidi. I know. <laughs> no, I'm just curious if it is the passive aggressive one. <laughs> then there's really no turning that around, right? I mean, if somebody doesn't want to do something, they're not going to do it. Then I also think you could ask them. So what we'll be doing more personal is you can have that bigger conversation with them. Like, here's our shared priorities. What are the things that are important to us as a couple? It may be that one of the things you're asking them to do, it doesn't, is one of the things that they actually don't care about, in which case maybe it's something that you have to carry. And there's something else you could ask them to do. I think that's a big part of it. My husband and I, we were trying to do a will. It took me forever. I gave him the task. He didn't want to do it. He kept asking me questions and things. I then had him, he said, fine, you handle all baseball on lacrosse. It's covered. So sometimes it might be trial and error as well. But I think partly if you talk to therapists who work with couples, they will say, sit down, say, what are our shared goals? What matters to both of us? And how can we divide these roles? And you say, this is what I need you to do. And it's not from a position of, I'm mad at you. You don't handle this. It is, I'm really grateful we're the strongest when you're together. This is, I need you to take this in its entirety and don't ask me questions. <laughs> if you have questions, make a list and come to me, send them and I'll answer on my convenience. Don't come to me every day with this. Take this task. You must take the entire task. One of the tips that I give to my clients in the big ask is really, it's really about the ask, right? So when we're, when I'm framing women up to ask their partner for help with something, whatever the case may be, I mean, we write a script, we role play it yeah. because when you get in the moment where there's emotions, they look at you funny, that pisses you off. Yeah. All of a sudden you're <laughs> mad, then they can feel that you're mad, then they're defensive everything changes. So I literally make them role play with me as if we were like, you know, it's the same thing as I used to do with like media training. I used to be like, I know how to read words. Not when the little red light goes on, you get nervous. And it's the same thing when you get face to face with another human. So you almost have to practice it and just get really crisp on what you're asking. And one of my biggest things is I always have them lead with love and then have them lead with vulnerability saying like, look, I don't just, I'm not just like a pissy wife nagging you. Like I'm breaking. And if, if you want me to be well and you to be well and this family to be well, this is what I need from you. And I like what you said, Dr. Daria, because I always recommend the same thing. It's one ask. It's not six. It's not a laundry list. It's one. And if it's just making the sandwiches for lunch every day, if that can make life this much easier, then, you know, you would hope that if you're working as a team, that that would be something that would be heard. And if not, maybe it's time to reassess the whole, the whole team. But also maybe there's another workaround. Maybe they're willing to allocate resources against it, right? Get like a, they're, they're like, I'm not willing to do this, but I'm willing to take a look at our finances. And maybe we could hire like a part-time housekeeper or whatever the, whatever the thing is. Maybe there's a way that the two of you could align on your goals and find a workaround. Does that sound right, Dr. Daria? I think you're entirely right, Jamie. I think that's so wise. Exactly. It's like leading with the love. Thank you for doing this. Leading with vulnerability. I am about to break. Can you take this one? And then leading with specificity. Here's the one thing I need you to do. And lastly, giving them the full project. So also when we talk about resources, we need to talk about recovery and you and your physical body. And it's like, oh, that's what my question was going to be. Oh, good. Okay. Ask your specific question. I'll make sure I answer it. 
So my question comes from the vulnerability part of that. I feel like a lot of women don't want to be seen as vulnerable because in our post-feminism era of I can do it all, we can do it, I can do everything, vulnerability feels almost like failure to a lot of people, I think. I think that that's like a commonality that I've heard from a lot of my female clients and all that, but I've also watched them really struggle physically. And we all know that, you know, our bodies won't and don't lie. So are there certain signals that our bodies send us when we're stressed that we can't ignore and shouldn't ignore? Yeah, I think that that's a great question. Our body sends us physical signals and emotional signals, physical signals. Women often have this feeling that a lot of my patients, they feel like their heart is either racing or having skipped beats. And it's just like, or did you feel it's like a boom beat in your chest, a bigger beat in your chest? Sometimes they just feel like their chest is tight. They may feel all all the stomach symptoms, those Pepto-Bismol symptoms, you know, your nausea, constipation, you know, just like sudden urgency. All of those can be your body just telling you. But of course, hair loss, fat, actually fat deposition around the belly. When your cortisol levels are high, you're like four times more higher to deposit fat right there at the belly because we have more cortisol receptors in our adipose in our belly. It's just like, really? You're going to stress me out and add fat there? I mean, like, really? Uh, Salt to the wound. I know. But fine, evolution and all, but it makes sense. So those are some of the physical symptoms. And then emotional symptoms, you know, difficulty falling asleep. The feeling that one person comes and says one thing to you, like one little thing happens, like, oh, the carrot falls on the floor and you start bawling, crying, or you start screaming at everybody because... These emotions are right there. The solution is not here. A lot of them saying, I just need to be better able to manage my emotions. It's like, no, no, no. By the time you get to that point, it's too late. We need to get better about managing it so you don't have all these emotions right here. So those are the signs. And I think, you know, how can we make your burnout feelings your superpower? How do we make you able to hear this? You know, for me, it was literally me practically having like a heart attack. And realizing that I'm finding myself in the ER. So how can we make us all able to recognize those symptoms earlier and say, okay, this has to stop. So one of the things for the do-it-all discrepancy, one of the, the movements around it is kind of like a hashtag choose your all and no longer feel guilty. So choose your all. What is important to you? Jamie, for you, it's your, your businesses. And it is also being there for your children. Maybe one or two other things. It's having that relationship with your husband. Just important is there is saying like what's not on there for me like artsy crafty all all the mom volunteering things about artsy crafty I'm not going to be there. Megan is dying listening to this right I now. This is why <laughs> we're like a yin to the yang. <laughs> Choose the things that are your all in the rest. So I say there's three categories. There's your all. There's the things that aren't your all, but you just got to get done. And we have some solutions for that. And then there's the things that you want to take off your list. And say, I'm not going to worry about that. And, and maybe that is, maybe that's some sort of volunteering this year. Maybe that, again, for me, the arts craftsy stuff, whatever it is, say, I'm not worrying about that. And then we no longer feel guilty. It's not a vulnerability that you did not do it. It is not on your all list. Maybe it's that you're not doing, taking your kids every day to school or having somebody else help you. Whatever it is, we need to stop the guilt that we give ourselves for not measuring up to some ridiculous, impossible, 100% superhuman avatar. And one last thing while I'm on that soapbox is banning the hashtag mom fail. I hate it. 
because it implies that if you did not do it 100%, it was a fail. And we need to stop using that term. Well, I like that a lot, although I use it humorously all the time, but I guess you're right. It's reinforcing a stereotype. But to that end, can we just talk about social media for a second? Because of course we are off the gram, right? And so we really take a hard look at what wellness means in the context of social media. And the whole reason we started this show was because we really believed that there was a lot of misinformation and just kind of like ridiculousness out there in the influencer community specifically, where there was just so much of it was just fluff and not based in reality and people weren't showing their life warts and all. And that wasn't fair doing a a service to anybody. And so we thought, you know, let's come to this through a lens of something a little more mature and realistic and sophisticated. Mm -hmm. That said, social media is social media, and it is just a really crazy place. And we've all done the scroll, right? The scroll that just the scroll of shame the scroll of comparison, <laughs> the scroll of hating ourselves and hating somebody else, like leaving a little comment, like, I'm so happy for you. And then low key being like, I'm muting her forever. So how oh. does social media contribute to burnout oh. and how can women guard themselves? Okay. So for one, yes, we looked at it and we found that women are most likely to feel negative emotions, specifically envy and worry in comparison, self-comparison after being on social media, significantly more than positive emotions like optimism. We also found it's not the amount of time you spend on social that matters for burnout. It's that feeling. And so if you get on social and you're on for three minutes, you say, I'm only on for three minutes, but three minutes isn't long enough to make yourself feel like crap about yourself. The damage is done. So social media, it's not time. It's the feelings you feel self-comparison. I call that and I call all this self-comparison I refer to it as comparatonitis. So when you start to get to that, you know, start to compare yourself. Oh, she's such a, that mom just looks, she, she always seems to have happy children or they have such a much beautiful, more beautiful house than I do. Or why don't they have food all over their shirts? That's comparatonitis. And comparatonitis never makes us feel good. There's nothing good about it because you will always find somebody who ostensibly looks like they have more or is doing it better. From the story from our family this summer, we had rented this beautiful boat. We were sailing through Alaska. We were fishing. It was like this 80-foot boat. We're doing deep sea fishing and it was just amazing. We're seeing whales and everything and feeling really good about ourselves. Next thing I know, this mega yacht floats by and it's like 150 feet. It's beautiful. Their staff, their staff were color coordinating gray pants and black polos. They look good. They had a garage for their skip underwater. And next thing I knew, I, we were all thinking, oh, our boat sucks. (laughs) Comparatonitis. You will always find something to make yourself feel worse. So now what do you do about it? Now you know this. So now when you go on social media, you're aware of this tendency and it's not you as a person. It's not that you're not good enough. It is the algorithm of social media is, is wired to make you feel that way. So number one is just be aware of it. When you start to feel that, I say, feel that, and now turn it back at the algorithm. It's it's not me, it's you. Unfollow. You should. If there are accounts that consistently make you feel less than, you need to unfollow them. Just goodbye. Or mute them. Or mute, or mute them. them. Remute them or unfollow. All, yes, that's fine. You can do all those things. <laughs> Don't want anyone asking you why you unfollow them. I know. Okay, that's more stress. Okay. <laughs> what are we doing to ourselves? Uh, <laughs> right. So, so that's one thing. And also remind yourself what you're seeing of them is, is, is a snapshot. And two more things along that. I think when we look on social media, we see these as, well as avatars and we forget the woman that you're seeing 
it may be that they're not showing the full thing and maybe it's malicious or something, but maybe the reality is that she's undergoing chemotherapy. Maybe she's a child who's very sick. Maybe she's going through like a really hard struggle. And I think if we can remind ourselves that these are humans behind it, it takes away the feeling of I'm not enough and instead gives us some empathy towards these people. And that's what we all need a little more of in this world. So I think that's a little bit of an antidote too. Empathy is an amazing antidote. I love that. And I wanted to, I wanted to circle back because obviously, you know, your quiz offers so many great tips and actionable, only three actionable (laughs) tips for each individual person who takes it. So it's not overwhelmed. It's another piece of overwhelm. But you mentioned at the top of the show that more things were happening with this study. So what is next with this study? And is it going to help us? (laughs) Oh, I do. Yes, it will. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Heidi, I undertake this for both personal and professional reasons. <laughs> I did this because I wanted answers for myself and my, my friends and my loved ones and you guys. So this is an ongoing study. The first one, we looked specifically at the framework of the do-it-all discrepancy because it was really like, what is this? Why are these single factors not explaining it? And they're not because as women, we don't deal with single factors in silos. We have to handle the all. Is not the one thing. So we looked at that framework and then we looked specifically at social media. Future ones, like this fall and winter, we're going to look at the different individual differences. Like what's beyond resilience? What do we actually need? What are those skills that we build internally to help us handle whatever is going on in the madness around us? And then what are some systematic things that we can do in the world around us too? So this is just the first step. So if anybody's interested in being involved in those or involved in future studies, again, if they, they take the quiz, they'll be signed up or go to truth.com and they can sign up for our newsletter there because we'll be having those ongoing. Well, thank you for that. I would definitely encourage everybody to go over, check out Truve and take the quiz and get involved. So if people want to follow along on your journey, follow Truve and follow you on the gram, because we love to send our listeners there, where should they be going to follow you in all places? So it's Dr. Daria on Instagram, or of course it's Truve.com, T-R-U-E-V.com, but Dr. Daria on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all those places. And we're doing a new, trying a new Truve on TikTok, but we're not there yet. I would also say, can I add, I want to also add in that the point of truth was to decrease our burnout, lower our stress around burnout, but a lot around also the misinformation. So we have upcoming posts. We've done a bunch. We've talked to you guys too about like, do you need to take vitamin D? Should you give melatonin to your kids? Should you take melatonin yourself? People kept asking that. So that's coming out soon. So fun things like, should you buy those LED masks? Like, do those work? That's a sort of like uh, from, from the serious to the more like and the celery juice and you, the celery you, juice. You rock yes. my world. Celery, celery juice. juice. Should you drink celery juice? That's that is also what we do at True. Is take those questions that you may have about health and wellness that are making your brain spin, that are keeping you up at night. You don't need that. You need peace of mind and you need facts. So that's why True is here. So we also will continue to put out that content too, along. I love it. It's so much amazing, helpful stuff, which I think is going to make our last question very challenging because as you know, since it is your fourth time on our show, (laughs) our very last segment is called James. Do you want to give it a go? Carmichael. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. I real. I wish we had like one of those, like, oh, I should have grabbed one of my kids, like echo mics. <laughs> yeah. oh, I have like a frozen yeah. one. Yes. I bet every, every one yes. of us have room. 
Yeah, I think that would be like a really cool effect. Love it, Jane. Thank you. Um, so I always make someone else say it. <laughs> Usually it's Megan. Thank you, Jamie, for doing it today. But as I am the resident yogi, I always explain that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing, inspiring, knowledge-filled guests, you, what is one small actionable item that our listeners could try for a short period of time that would yield a large result? Small action, large results. I love it. You guys do such good work in the world. And I would say that my, my, my task would be to have micro recoveries. So we all run around with our fight or flight nervous system. It is up here and our shoulders are around our ears and our tempers are flaring and everything. And we might say people listening saying, I, you know what? That's great. I don't have an hour to go do a yoga session or a meditation session. You don't need to micro recovery. So I want everybody during the course of the day, you have 30 seconds to do, I, you know, Dr. James Gordon called it soft belly breathing. Take a second. You can close your eyes or keep them open. Breathe in through your nose. And how do you know this sort of stuff? Like the back of your hand, breathe in through your nose, let it out. Think soft belly for a second. Breathe in your nose, let it back out. Breathe in soft belly. And then just kind of see what's around you. Give your kids a hug. Enjoy that you're having dinner with your family. Just have like one moment that like it's special. Just let that fight or flight go for a second. Let your shoulders drop. Let that parasympathetic nervous system relax. Even if it's for a minute, micro recoveries, even if we just get that in our lives, we will be better. We should do a series of micro recoveries for CrossFlow Yoga because I started CrossFlow X so that it had the efficacy of a long yoga session in a very short amount of time. And I have a CrossFlow RX section that I do with all doctors and surgeons. So I feel like you and I should do a micro recovery and we can just offer it. I love it. I'm in. I'm in. Those belly breaths just made my whole body relax. Thank you. (laughs) And you know what? You can do it in carpool. You can do it as you're walking in from your garage waiting for the elevator. Micro recoveries. What we need to do. But yeah, well, they're tools. They're called tools in our toolbox. And sometimes we forget or we don't have enough. So anytime we can get a little tool back like that, it is so abundantly helpful, especially for those of us who are high on the burnout or stress level. So thank you, Dr. Daria. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we can't, we can't thank you enough because you are always such a wealth of information and and you have just become such a friend and trusted, you know, partner of Off the Gram. And we appreciate you so much. And we appreciate all of you at home for listening today. We hope you got as much out of it as we did. I think Heidi and I are feeling a little bit, maybe my shoulders came up from being like earrings to like, (sighs) they kind of just dropped down just a little bit, just for today, right? Just for today. Thank you everybody at home for listening. And don't forget to follow us on the gram. We are off the gram podcast over there. And don't forget to subscribe to the show everywhere where podcasts can be consumed so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Hi, Dr. Daria here again. For all you busy women and mamas who just listened to this important conversation and are feeling burnout, we see you. If you can't even imagine where to start when it comes to taking care of you, take the what's your burnout risk and what to do about it quiz. You're busy, so it's short, and you get personalized and really easy to do actionable tips based on your own answers. It will make a real difference, and it's straight out of the burnout study in women. Find it at truve.com backslash quiz. That's T-R-U-E-V-E dot com backslash quiz.